The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today we're going to talk about gun stuff. Absolutely. Make sure you know what's going on. We're going to do a little bit of the politics of guns because as most of you know, if you listened to me before, guns have but two enemies, rust and politicians. And most people can deal with the rust issue. There are fine lubricants and oils and stuff out there to keep your guns free of rust. But to keep them out of politicians' hands, that's a whole other story. But, you know, people wonder, oh, why do we need guns? Nobody needs a gun. We have police officers. Well, this happened a couple of weeks ago. An armed citizen stops a mall shooting. Now, apparently a fight had broken out in some fo- near f- some food store at a Pennsylvania mall in the food court. And these two guys were fighting each other, and then somebody brandished a weapon. The weapon was knocked out of his hand, and then somebody got on top of him and shot the guy who's got his gun knocked out of his hand. And somehow the other guy got shot also. And it was funny because they said everything went so fast that we're hiding. Other shoppers were scrambling for the exits once they heard gunshots. And then a fellow of Lancaster, PA, was shopping upstairs when he heard the shots ring out through the mall. He goes, there were too many to count. It was like a lot of firecrackers. So there was a lot of shooting going on here. Masses of people were running through the mall, heading toward the exit. Some people were lying on the ground because they had apparently been shot. So it was crazy. And this guy apparently possessed a legal firearm, heard the gunshots, went in, saw the people struggling for the gun, and he ended up shooting the person holding the weapon. So he was able to stop it from getting worse by stopping the person with the gun. Now, you know, this is funny because people say, oh, guns never do any good. It always makes things worse. You can always get shot with your own gun. Yeah, there are issues that can happen if you have a gun and you don't know how to use it or you don't know how to maintain control of it. Or if you get involved with somebody who you shouldn't be getting involved with in the first place. That's the worst thing. Because so many people want to, you know, butt their nose into other people's business. And granted, you want to be helpful. You want to be a good citizen. You want to be upstanding. You want to be honorable. But you know what? You have to be extremely cautious when it comes to discharging a firearm, even if you're in the right. Because we all know no good deed ever goes unpunished. But apparently this guy was, he, he shot the he shot the bad guy. A good guy with a gun shot the bad guy with a gun. And they were able to stop it from getting any worse or stop it from escalating. So just keep in mind, if you have a weapon, make sure you use it judiciously. Don't look to get into a fight necessarily and always be very cautious and understand the laws that apply to you a lot of times in some places if you interfere in somebody else's fight even if you're protecting somebody you don't know that could be a problem if it's somebody you know that's different could you have run away from the situation maybe could that be a problem in a court of law if you decide well you could have gotten away why'd you stick around why'd you go toward the gunshots instead of away from them Always be very careful in getting involved in, with somebody else's business. If you're not directly threatened, you have to be very cautious. It's like somebody once told me, every bullet fired has a lawyer attached to it. Makes it a lot heavier to carry to carry a lawyer around with you on a bullet. But you know what? That's how things work. You fire a weapon at somebody. If anybody gets hit or anything gets hit, you're responsible for what that wep- that discharge of that weapon if you fire it. So just be cautious. Be careful. 
But like I say, I know your sense of right and wrong will sometimes take over and you'll feel like you need to help defend somebody or help somebody out in trouble. This is just, it's, it's human nature to try and help for a lot of people. Some people have that calling. They feel like they want to get involved. They want to help people. But just be very cautious when doing so because depending on the laws, you could get yourself in more trouble by interfering in somebody else's fight. This case, it worked out good. He stopped somebody who was gonna, who had shot some people already. So they already had evidence that the danger was there. There was a danger of more people being hit. So he stopped them, stopped the, the danger from spreading, and it was okay. But just be careful when you're in that situation. I mean, talk about who needs a gun, who wants to buy a gun. You know, that's something I hear all the time. Should I get one? Should I not get one? If you're on the fence at all, then you probably do not need one. Unless you have a clear view of why you want one, what do you want to do with it, are you going to get the proper training to use it, then you can start doing your research. Now, they did a survey in the first half of 2021, of all the firearms sold, half of them were brand new gun owners. About 3.2 million people in the first half of 2021. This is from January to June. Over 6 million guns were sold, and 3.2 million of these were brand-new, first-time, never-had-a-gun gun owners. And that, to me, is just amazing. So many people are feeling like they need to be able to protect themselves, protect their families, protect their property, protect their way of life. And it's great when these people get into it. As long as they get the proper training, learn how to use the weapon they're purchasing, it makes a huge difference. But also, a lot of people were buying not just handguns. Handguns were the most popular. But there were also people buying rifles, shotguns, things like that. So maybe they were getting into the shooting sports also. I don't know. But they're brand-new gun owners. So maybe they see stuff on YouTube and decide, oh, I want to shoot that kind of competition. But it's great that so many people are getting into it. Now, if they will just pay attention to who they vote for and realize that certain people want to take these new newly bought guns away from these people maybe they'll make the right decision maybe they'll go you know what i need to vote to be able to keep my right to keep my gun i feel safer with it i've learned how to use it it is a it makes me a first responder if my family or my life or my property is threatened i have to be the first one there i have to be the one to stand between me and evil trying to get to the family so it's like the sheriff said a couple of weeks ago. We had the sheriff who shot the guy. He had fired at the, his deputies. I think he hit a deputy, and they shot him, I think, 17 or 19 times, something like that. And they asked the sheriff, why would you shoot him so much? He goes, because evil can never be dead enough. So keep that in mind if you're having to shoot somebody who's evil. Evil can never be dead enough. That was the sheriff's exact quote on that, which to me is outstanding. Why should anybody, if they're performing evil acts and they're causing a threat to people or shooting other people, they need to be stopped? But, of course, law enforcement has a little more leeway in who they shoot than you do as a private citizen. So be aware of that. But so far, there have been 9.8 million background checks for gun sales in, the, in 2021. So these, the numbers are continuing to climb. This is outstanding if these people will vote to keep their weapons. So we'll see. Now, there are people arguing, what's his name, Chipman, the, the guy who was supposed to be the candidate for the head of the ATF. 
He argued in favor of subjecting subjecting all AR-15s and semi-automatic rifles to the regulation by the ATF officials more so than a semi-automatic handgun or shotgun or anything like that. He wanted to make, quote-unquote, what they call assault rifles, which are just military-styled rifles. He wanted to make them a class of their own, have registration, special tax stamps, all kinds of crazy additional things just in order to own these. When in reality, we know during the revolutionary times, any any gun with a metal ramrod to ram the powder into the barrel was considered a military-style rifle. And if you had those, they wanted the British wanted us to give them up. We told them to pound sand and go away. They decided not to. We had a little scuffle, and thus America was born, because they kept their right to keep and bear arms. That's why the Second Amendment is there. That's why it's the Second Amendment, and it's so clearly stated, so precisely worded, that there should be no confusion. In fact, I saw a meme that said, only a person with a with the IQ of a cabbage would be able to misinterpret this into anything other than this is the right to keep and bear arms. And apparently 3.2 million new gun owners in the first half of 2021. So this is numbers that are as of from January to June 30th, over 3.2 million new gun owners, which means over 6 million guns were sold. So that's fantastic. I don't know if we're on on track to break any records yet this year because a lot of them are sold in the second half of the year you know after black fridays or uh, christmas gifts things like that well we'll see i'm going to keep i'm going to try and keep keep up with this and see how the sales ended up for the end of the year probably in a couple months we'll see how that's going now for those of you who have not owned a gun before and you want to go looking for one you want to start shopping you want to start you know putting your hands on some of these you want to see how things go you want to see do I need one? Can I hold it? What kind should I get? And one trip you're going to make is probably you're going to go to the gun shop, gun shop, the local gun shop, LGS, local gun store, or local gun shop. And when you go in there, you may be a little nervous. You may see people, you see all these guns, you see some people maybe wearing their weapons on them. Try not to act like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> if you're acting all nervous and skittish, they're going to think something's wrong with you. Be calm, look around, take your time, and by all means, if you have questions or need help, ask for it. Anybody at any quality gun store will be more than happy to answer questions, help you out, let you hold things, explain to you how things work. Now, they're not going to give you a, you know, a three-day course in shooting or anything like that, but they'll give you the basics. They'll start off by telling you how to be careful with one. They'll tell you don't point it. They'll tell you they'll check it for you hand it before they hand it to you. And if they don't, then walk out of that gun shop and go to another one. Because if they hand you a gun without checking it, even if they just checked it a minute before and put it back in the case, they always check it twice. Ask Alec Baldwin about that. If he had checked his gun even once, they would have found out there was live ammo in it. And he might not have killed somebody. But granted, that was not his job. We talked about that last week. Yeah, the gun wrangler is a person who's supposed to check the gun, keep up with the guns, not let them get into anybody's hands until he has performed a safety check on them. Especially when you're using blanks in a scene and you're actually firing the weapon. If you're just going to stand there and talk about it, not as important, but the actors need to know, do not pull the triggers on these guns if they're not needing to shoot a scene. Because you never, apparently you never know what's going to happen. But anyway, so go into the gun shop, be try and be as calm as possible. 
because these guys will notice. If you're very nervous, they're going to notice because that, that will make them nervous. You want to try to avoid that. So that would always be fun to do. But go in. Be calm. Now, if you, as long as you're not a felon, you should be able to look at some stuff, handle it, get a, an idea of what you're looking for, and always ask. You know, And if you have a weapon already, don't pull it out to show it to anybody unless they ask you to or you ask permission to. And even then, be extremely careful when you take a weapon out. Do not flag anybody. Do not point your weapon at anybody. Be cautious. Always use the four rules of gun handling. Assume every gun is loaded. Don't point it at anything you don't you don't intend to shoot. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're up on target and ready to fire. Be sure of your backstop and anything beyond it. If you follow those four simple rules, even in a gun shop, even though ideally every gun in that shop should be unloaded, it never hurts to treat it as if it were loaded. And if somebody hands you a gun without checking it first, you can always ask them to show you or go somewhere else where they, you know, oh, I just checked it a minute ago. Yeah, well, can you show me again? Ask them. Say, show me how you checked it. I want to see. I want to be able to see for myself. Besides, and most of these guys will take the time, unless you're, unless you're there on Black Friday trying to get a gun lesson, they're probably going to be very helpful, very informative, answer all your questions. And in that case, you're going to be easier. It's going to be easier to understand. It's going to be easier to know what you should do and shouldn't do. All right, we're going to come back and do this uh, in just a, a minute or so, but I want to come back and cover the gun etiquette because that's something you need to know if you go into a gun shop, especially if you go in without somebody who already has some experience, if you're going in by yourself for the first time. All right, I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Veterans Day is fast approaching. On November 11th, please don't forget to take a few moments to honor and thank those that have served so bravely. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. I'm Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. Just before we left for the break, we were talking about gun store etiquette. These are rules, you know, or um, etiquette or uh, politeness, polite things to do when you're in a gun store to make sure you get the best quality help and you don't make the clerk nervous. You don't want to make him nervous by talking about the wrong things or doing the wrong things. You're going to walk in, you're going to see rows and rows of guns, all kinds of things for sale. And there's going to be stickers with prices on them to show you how much everything is. Now, when you talk to a clerk, you can tell him what you think you want, or you can ask him for advice on what to pick out if you don't have an idea. And if you don't have somebody already who is into guns who can help you with this ahead of time, then you need to learn as you go into the store. Now, most all these clerks are used to dealing with people who have little to no experience. But don't be afraid to tell him you don't know much about it, you're not sure how to do things. If you're nervous about handling a gun, make sure they know this. They will help make it easier for you. And if you don't have this experience or you don't know much about gun handling, don't go in there and pretend like you do and make mistakes. Start waving guns around at people, not knowing when to point it, when not to point it, keeping your finger on the trigger while you're looking at it. There are certain red flags that gun store workers will know right away that you don't know what you're doing or don't know, will know you have no or little experience in handling weapons. But always ask for advice if you want it. You know, if you're looking for advice, if you're just going to look, then look away. If you want to handle something, you can ask them. They'll usually clear the weapon, hand it to you, and let you take a look. But don't say the wrong thing either. Now, people want, oh, well, how can I say the wrong thing? Well, if you're buying this weapon for you, then that's fine. If you're buying a weapon for somebody else, that would actually violate some BATF standards where you cannot purchase a weapon for somebody else. It's called a straw purchase. Now, in some states, if it's a family member or a Christmas gift or a gift or something like that, you're allowed to if you're aware that the person is an upstanding citizen, doesn't have any felonies against them, doesn't have any drug charges, nothing like that. If they're legally allowed to own the gun, in some states, you can buy it for them, particularly family members. That's the one place where you have a little bit more leeway than you do in most other areas. But if you tell somebody, oh, I'm just going to buy this for a buddy of mine. He's not here, but I want to pick him up a gun. It's like, you know, they can't sell you that weapon if you state that to them. I'm not saying to not say it if it's if it's true, but just know if you're buying a weapon for somebody else, bring them with you. Let them come with you. Let them handle it also. Let them see. Let them present their ID in order to purchase. Even if you're buying it for them, they still need to prove who they are if they want to put it in their name. Also, when you walk into a gun store, don't walk in smelling like the marijuana you just puffed in your car and got all over your clothes. You walk in smelling like that, and they can and they notice it. They cannot sell you a gun. They can't sell anybody a weapon who is either addicted to drugs or under the influence of drugs at the time of purchase. So if you go out and get high, if you come in smelling of whiskey, they're not going to sell you the weapon. If they're if they're following the rules, they will not sell you the weapon. So that's something to consider, too. Don't get drunk and go decide to buy a gun. That's not the way to go gun shopping. Now, even if you're in a state where recreational marijuana is legal, the federal agencies have still classified it as a Schedule One drug, which means if you use it or give them any indication that you are a user of marijuana of any kind, federally they cannot sell you the weapon, even if it's legal in your state. Now, this is really going to be an issue later on because, you know, as more and more people decide to indulge in recreational marijuana, 
If you're a gun owner, this may put you in jeopardy unless the federal law changes. Because right now, if you're caught in possession or you have a drug, drug charge against you, getting a, a permit to purchase a weapon or being able to purchase a weapon can be extremely difficult. So keep that in mind when you go into the gun store. Don't smell, smell like you just burned six bowls in the car before walking in. So... And now they're gonna and they'll and if you do decide you find the gun you want you decide to purchase it you you found something you like the feel of the clerk is giving you the features showing you how it works showing you how it functions and you feel comfortable buying this gun and taking it home on that day there are certain things you will have to do you will have to fill out a form and this form is your background check and they're going to ask you questions now they will verify this with the local sheriff's department or uh, a federal agency that will run the background check on you. But there's, they're going to ask you questions to start with. Now, if you lie in any of these questions or they catch you lying on them, you will lose your ability to purchase a weapon right then and there. However, in a few days, if you were to fix it, then they may, may let you have that right back again. It just depends on how strict the laws are in that state. Some people, if they come in and they don't answer all the questions exactly correctly, depending on which one it is, you might be able to purchase a weapon anyway later on. It just depends. But let's we'll go over a few of the questions. Are you the actual buyer of the gun? We discussed this. You cannot do a straw purchase for somebody else according to federal law. You cannot buy a gun for somebody else. That is not legal. Like I said, there are certain exemptions with family members, things like that, but generally speaking, you cannot buy a gun for anybody else. So you can't just, oh, go pick up that gun for me and I'll pay you back later. That is not legal. Even if they're not a criminal, still don't do it. And a lot of states require you to do all the paperwork even if you're doing a private sale. Even if you buy a gun from somebody that's already got that's got, got a lot of them or is willing to sell you one, you have to follow certain rules in certain states. Other states, you're allowed to buy what you want, transfer what you want, as long as you, they say, make sure the person is not a criminal, hasn't committed any felonies, things like that. Now, how do you know you don't? But you have to make sure they're also from the state that they're purchasing in in a lot of places. You can't sell somebody a gun who's out of state. This is funny at gun shows. I see this a lot. People will come in from out of state and think they can just buy a gun in another state and take it home with them. In a lot of places, you cannot. Some places will honor permits as the ability to purchase a weapon at a gun show out of state or a gun store out of state. They'll allow that. But a lot of them can't. Okay, next question. Are you under indictment for a felony or any other crime that could land you in a jail for a year or more? Obviously, if you say yes, you're going to put a kibosh on this particular sale. If you say no and they find anything in your background check, that's going to put a, a stop on your sale. So be careful how you answer these questions. Most of them are yes and no questions. Okay, under indictment means a jury has decided there's enough evidence to go ahead with a full-blown trial. So if they ask you for under indictment, you have to answer honestly. Are you a fugitive from justice? Is there an active warrant out for your arrest? If the answer is yes, then take a free trip to the place where you're guaranteed three square meals a day and you're uncaught, meaning you're going to jail if you try and buy a weapon and you're not allowed to. Now, this doesn't always happen. A lot of times they'll just refuse the sale. And sometimes there are issues with confusion in people's names, like with identity theft and such. Two people may have the same name, and they may be pulling up the other person instead of you. It may be done by a middle initial. It could be done just by sheer luck and picture association online. It's really strange how they try and determine different people's names and determine who they are. Because, you know, there's probably a ton of John Smiths in the country, but yet they don't have as much trouble distinguishing them as you would think. 
So that's something to, to consider. Now, this one, the next question I'm going to read you is, it's extremely important because if you are a registered user of marijuana or any other substance, this disqual- disqualifies you on a federal level from purchasing a weapon. Any kind of weapon. No rifles, no shotguns, no pistols, no slingshots. You're not allowed to buy a weapon if you are using marijuana, even if it is legal in your state, because it is still, like I said earlier, it's a class one felony to try and buy a weapon while you're using any type of illegal narcotics. Even if even if they're legal in your state, the federal government has determined they are not legal and will apply when purchasing weapons. So be aware, if you're a legal marijuana user, you are not allowed to buy a weapon in most states. So, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that's going to be, it's going to have to be discussed further. More laws are going to have to be made about it. More things are going to have to come out about it. Because if it's legal in so many states, until they remove it from the, from the list of dangerous drugs on the federal level or decide to pass the law that you're allowed to smoke whatever you want, whenever you want, as much as you want, as long as you're not at work or performing some dangerous duty, then it'll be okay. But until then, if you're a marijuana user of any type for any reason, you are not allowed to buy a gun according to the federal background check. Okay. Is there an active warrant out for your arrest? Are you running from the law? Are you on the lam? Are you <laughs> are you escaping from some sort of legal issue? If the answer is yes, no gun for you. So consider that too. Now, don't lie on any of these forms. If they catch you in a lie later on, that's where you're getting the most trouble. If, because that is a felony also. Lying on a gun application is by all means. It is a felony, so don't do it. Have you ever been declared mentally defective or have you ever committed to a mental institution? Now, see, this is odd because they want you to get mental health, but yet if you say that you're getting it or that you got some previously, you're going to be suspect from there on out. And you're going to have to decide how you want to answer those questions on your 4473 form. So... Now, also with the controlled substances, I believe they have as one, are you taking drugs that have not been prescribed to you? So if you're taking somebody else's drugs because you ran out, because you just needed something for pain, and you took whatever was there and it happened to be a relative's medicine or girlfriend, boyfriend's medicine, that puts you at a point where it is illegal for you to purchase a weapon. Now, you can take prescription drugs, but they must be... Put in your name. Now, how gun shops know whether or not, they don't. They're going to rely on you to answer the question honestly. But they will do a background check to determine any felonies, things like that. Now, will they know if the marijuana you're, you're eating or l- licking off somebody is, you know, is a, <clears throat> is a controlled substance? No, they're not going to know. Even if you, 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 you can have a marijuana card saying you're legal for you to have it, but the federal law says no. So... Then they ask if you're mentally defective. Have you ever been mentally defective or have you ever been committed to a mental institution? (sighs) So that would be a court order detailing that. Now, this would show up on a background check if it's a thorough background check. So if you lie about this, chances are it's going to come up in the background check and they're going to have to refuse the sale and report you for trying to purchase a weapon while under an investigation or while being declared mentally incompetent, which you don't want to do. Have you ever been discharged from the armed forces under dishonorable conditions? 
That's another question. And hopefully you have not. And if you haven't, the gun sale should go through smoothly. If you have, you may need to come up with an explanation, um, something like that. I don't know how that would work to clear that out. Are you subject to a court order restraining you from harassing, stalking, or threatening somebody? If you are, no gun for you. Because mostly they do this for safety. They don't want people to have guns who are going to use them in a nefarious way. You don't want to give somebody a gun who's going to go after his ex-girlfriend and kill his kid, something like that. So you're going to have to answer these questions properly, honestly. Do the best you can. Keep it brief because they don't have time to read a lot of them. Most of Most of these are all just check marks, yes or no. Sometimes they have explanation pages you can add if you need to explain something, but by then your your sale is probably going to be refused, and you'll probably have to go through a, a much longer line to get checked out to purchase a weapon or get a, share, a local sheriff's department to clear you to make sure you, that you're okay. So, yeah, and, you know, it's it's something you have to do. Everybody has to do it. It's called a 4473 form. Now, they're going to give you a question at the very end. Country of citizenship. If you are a country of citizenship not in the United States, your sale is not going through. Now, if you're an illegal alien, well, actually, I think that they don't phrase it that way, but yeah. They ask you if you are in this country, even if you're legally, are you legally in this country? And if you are, how far along are you in the, I guess, the process of getting approved to be a citizen? So there you go. Those are the questions you're going to have to answer. Will you be buying the gun for yourself? Are you under indictment for any felonies or serious misdemeanors? Do you have an active restraining order against you? All these questions must be answered no, and that way you can purchase your weapon. And just be careful when you answer the questions. Read them all carefully. Don't just run down and do a checklist because you're going to end up answering incorrectly to something or checking something you're not supposed to check because they're yes and no questions on these federal forms. They used to be all the same, and then people were just going down and whacking the same answer on everything, knowing what it had to be. Now they actually you have to read a little bit to know what they're talking about because they've included, I think, um, other things and some of these restrictions they have. All right, we're going to have to take a break. We'll come back real quick, and we'll talk about buying the gun, getting the best price, and working out the deal. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at firearm liquidation service at outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential.
Veterans Day is fast approaching. On November 11th, please don't forget to take a few moments to honor and thank those that have served so bravely. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded. And right before we left for the break, we were talking about gun store etiquette. Now, let's assume you've looked at all the weapons, you've found one you like, you know you can answer all the questions on the 4473 form and be able to walk out with this weapon today or in 10 days, depending on what state you're in. Some states have a mandatory waiting period regardless of whether you pass an instant background check or not. Some places you pass your instant background check, you walk out with your gun that day. Then there's the issue of, you know, trying to decide which gun you want, how much you want to pay for it. Do you have the gun you want? Oh, there it is, but you're, it's a little priced a little higher than you want. You can always ask for a discount. On new guns, there's going to be a little less leeway because their markups are a lot smaller. On a used gun, they sometimes have a little more leeway because they usually took these in on trade and have a lot less in them. Now, if you're buying any gun and you mention, well, I'd like to get ammo with it, I'd like to get extra magazines, I want to get a holster, you get a list of things together you want to go, you can sometimes get a better price on the package deal. It just depends on the store and what their supply is like and um, how much room their sales associates have to negotiate without having to go up the ladder to ask somebody else. Now, you, you never know. They may offer a great deal on one if you just ask for it. Sometimes you may tell them what you want to pay, and they may be able to work with you. It's, it's hard to tell. But keep in mind, they are trying to make a living. They have to make a profit, just like anybody else in business. So to go and offer like 30 40% less than what the gun is asking for, that's not going to do it. That's not going to get the job done. You're not walking out with that gun today. You know, that's something that you're going to have to do. So be aware of that. Be careful when you negotiate. Make sure it's what you want because once you take a gun home, very few places will just take it back from you because once it's transferred, it would have to be transferred back to the store again, and that involves paperwork and fees and things like that. So make sure you know what you're looking for. Make sure you know exactly what you want. And if you have questions, ask these people. That's why they're there. They're used to getting asked questions about guns. That's their job. So... Keep that in mind when you go in. And now, knowing the value of what you're trying to buy is particularly important with weapons, just like with cars. You know, you don't go into a car dealer knowing what something without knowing what it's worth and trying to make a deal on it. At least you shouldn't. So if you have an idea what it's worth or what you're willing to pay and you think it's going to be close, then you may have enough room to be able to get something to, to work out. But if you're trying to get something for a super cheap price that you know is worth more, you're trying to get a super great deal then you may not get it because guns don't have a lot of markup in them. But, you know, be respectful when you negotiate. That's always something to consider. Be respectful and be prepared to know what you are willing to pay and what you're not. Be willing to walk away if it's not what you want exactly. Get what you want at the price you want. Everybody goes away happy if, if both parties feel a good deal has been struck. So be careful when you go to a gun store. You know, most guys are pretty honest. They're pretty straightforward. They're not going to try and lead you in a wrong direction. Any research you do ahead of time will help your cause, whether it has to do with pricing, type of weapons, accessories you want with this gun. All those things will make a difference when you're purchasing a weapon. So just something to consider. Because you don't want to go into a gun store 
waving guns around, dry firing weapons without permission, things like that will get you thrown out of a gun store very quickly. Make sure you follow the four rules of gun safety when you go in. Don't point at anybody. Don't pull the trigger on anything. Now, on some weapons, they will tell you you can pull the trigger. If if you do and you're going to get a trigger pull, you want to feel what a reset is like, if you do this and they tell you it's okay, Make sure you're pointing the weapon in a safe direction, usually floor, ceiling, somewhere high on the wall, where if by some rare chance, even though it's been checked three times, somehow a bullet found its way into that gun and the bullet were to go off, it would not hit anybody. It would be fired in a safe direction and would not cause any problems. So be aware of that. Now, some guns, they will not let you dry fire. They may even tell you specifically not to. In particular, rimfire weapons, 22 long rifles, 22 magnums, things like that. You're not supposed to rimfire. You're not supposed to dry fire because the rimfire cartridge usually sits up against hard steel, and you don't want that hard steel hitting that firing pin because that can cause damage to the firing pin. Now, on a centerfire weapon, the, the pin goes right to the middle of the chamber, which is air. And as long as it's not one with a delicate firing pin, then you can usually dry fire. Or if there's any question, if you're not sure, always ask. Most places will let you dry fire a lot of weapons if you're particularly interested in how the trigger feels, what the reset is like, if there's any creep or crawl in the trigger before you pull it, before it fires. All those things have to be determined. But do it before you buy the gun because once you buy the gun, it's yours, and you have to go through whatever resale procedures they have in your state. So be calm, pay attention, get the best price, and buy your gun. Like uh, 3.2 million people have done earlier this year, bought their very first gun. So it happens. Now, this is an interesting statistic I picked up today is that though most people think old white men have all the guns, that's who's buying all these guns. It's not true, though. Black women are among the highest percentage of new gun owners. So consider that, too. I thought that was pretty amazing. 56% of U.S. gun owners are white men. 16% are white women, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. But the black women statistic is picking up. Now, why would this be? Because a lot of times... A lot of times women are most vulnerable in our society. Now, I know, girls, there are some of you out there who will kick the butt of any man who gets close to you without any hesitation and put him in his place and make him cry like a, like a female dog. But generally speaking, women are the weaker sex, and men like it that way. Now, if you're not sure if you like it that way or not, you may not be a man. But we'll, that's a subject for a whole other day. But women generally are the weaker sex. They have more problems with men approaching them randomly. Even if it's not to rob you, it may just be to annoy you, to aggravate you, to assault you even. So be aware of this. And women, and black women especially, are among the new, the, the new gun owners with the highest percentage of increase. So something to consider also. So just when you thought all the old white men were the only ones buying guns, now women are getting in on it too. Nearly 50% of them were women, and a large percentage of those were black women. So there you go. Everybody needs a gun who wants to learn how to use it, who knows who will learn how to handle it and be p- trained properly in its use, care, and practicing. Because you don't want to let a gun sit there in a the drawer without ever having shot it or shot it one time and never having shot it again because marksmanship is a perishable skill. If you don't practice it, 
at least every few months, then you may be looking for trouble if you ever had to use that weapon. Do you remember how it functions? Do you remember how it works? Can you load it if it's not loaded, if you keep it in the drawer unloaded because you have kids or whatever? Be aware of these issues. Know what you have to know. Make sure you remember it. Even if you have to just review on your own every few months, unload the magazine from the gun, unload the bullet out of the chamber if you keep it loaded, and familiarize yourself with the weapon the best you can every few months. Unless you're an avid shooter and you're shooting all the time, this is a good idea for anybody who has that one gun that they sit there just in case they need it. Make sure you're familiar with it. Make sure you know how to use it properly. Make sure you keep track of all the safety rules when you're handling the weapon. Even if it's at home in your own bedroom, don't point the gun at anything you don't intend to shoot or destroy. So, you know, because I've heard too many stories about people shooting flower pots, shooting holes in the wall, shooting their own legs. Too many things can happen with a weapon. It is a dangerous piece of equipment. It's a dangerous tool. So be cautious when handling them. But the more you handle it, the more familiar you'll become with it, the more comfortable you'll become with it, the more likely you are to be better with it when you do decide to, if if you come to the point where you do need it, where it becomes a necessity rather than just an accessory. All right, so that's something you need to do. Keep track of your training. And if you have to train at home, you can do it. Dry firing is a great way to train at home. In fact, walk around your house. If you have a light on your weapon, make sure you know how to use it. Make sure you know how to turn it on and off. Because ideally, you do not want to walk around a house where the threat is present with a light on the entire time. Because what does that do? That makes you the target first. All they need to do is aim for the light, and they got you. Learn to turn it on and off as you're scanning rooms, as you're entering rooms, as you're making turns, as you're going into different areas. Make sure you know how to turn your light on and off if you have a light at all. If not, pay attention to what you can see and what you can't see. Say it's during the day, you hear something in the garage, then you hear the window at the back door break, you hear the door open. Okay, something's going on. You grab your weapon, follow the four safety rules. Make sure it's a valid threat. Make sure it's just not the neighbor getting drunk coming into the wrong house, thinking he owns it. You know, and it's funny that I mentioned that there are stories of this happening. People come into the wrong house, end up confronting somebody with a weapon. Sometimes it works out okay and they talk it out. Sometimes somebody gets shot accidentally. So be aware of that as well. But that's training you can always do, something that always helps you get better by dry firing. Handling a weapon always makes you more comfortable with it. So do that. Make sure you take the time to learn how to operate the weapon, and don't forget it. It is perishable. It will go away if you don't use it. Okay, we're going to get into one more thing. Now, this is kind of interesting. Where are we? Oh, let's see. This was in uh, Illinois Supreme Court declared that the Cook County tax on firearms and ammunition violated a state law because they were adding a tax onto extra tax onto every weapon sold every round of ammunition sold had an extra tax that went to the state of Illinois or Cook County Illinois now the state of Illinois has never been friendly to gun owners in fact getting a permit there is nearly impossible unless you're a politician or you're crooked or you know somebody But now they've dropped the tax on the ammunition, they've dropped the extra tax on the weapons, and gun sales have been soaring. They are taking off like you wouldn't believe. People are buying more and more guns quicker and quicker, 
faster and faster and stocking up on stuff. The ammunition that used to be more expensive because it had a nickel per round tax on it or a penny per round tax on it. It was a twenty was it twenty five dollars per gun and a tax on every round of ammunition, a nickel for every round of center fire and a penny for every round of of rim fire. So every box was going to be more expensive. And now that they've taken it away, people are realizing they're, they're realizing their freedom and they're going out exercising their Second Amendment rights. All right, we're going to be back in just a couple minutes. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veterans Day is fast approaching. On November 11th, please don't forget to take a few moments to honor and thank those that have served so bravely. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. And I want to cover a couple quick things here. On America's Web Radio, we do our best to bring you the truth. Now, if you disagree with something or you find something that you know to be incorrect, especially on my show, by all means, bring it to my attention. Send me a – you can send me an email at roger at AmericasWebRadio.com comments, questions, corrections, because not every article I get is completely verified. Some of them have a little bit of leeway in them, so to speak, but most of them are based in fact, I try and get from reliable sources the best information I can get you. We try and stress the truth to the best of our ability, because there have been some People lately who have made accusations that our station is not presenting truthful information. And if you ever hear that on my show, by all means, feel free to call me out. I'd be happy to discuss it. Who knows? There are, there are times I can, I can get something wrong. Absolutely. It happens. I'm not 100% accurate all the time. Sometimes I misread something or mix up articles. So who knows? But anyway, in Chicago, all the guns at this one gun store, it's Maxon's Shooter Supply in Chicago. With the county tax gone on the ammo and the guns, this gentleman who owns it has dropped the price of every gun in the store by $25, which was the tax that was included by Cook County. And he dropped all the ammunition by a nickel or a penny around, depending on what kind it was. So he basically dropped the prices to reflect the tax disappearing. So that's just great. That you know, At least they're not trying to still gouge people. They realized the law was struck down. Now it's time to sell stuff. Let's get these people, let's get these millions of people armed up if they want to be. So, And he said he had estimated a 65% increase in both guns and ammo over the weeks since dropping the prices back down to where it was. Now, he said there were lots of people in the area who would travel to avoid paying this Cook County tax because they were, it was their form of protest. Go somewhere else to buy your ammo. Go outside the county to get it. But now, of course, the local gun stores can offer the best prices 
and you don't have to go anywhere else to get it if they're willing to work with you on stuff. So it's amazing that people don't realize that when you tax something, the end consumer is the one paying it. You tax a gun $25, the gun store owner is not going to eat that. He's going to pass it on to you. Same thing with almost everything else sold in this country. If they lower the tax on it, it lowers the price of the goods. You can sell it for less. Companies will generally do that to stay competitive. And here it happened to be with guns, and he dropped the tax right off all the guns and ammo as soon as it happened, and his sales increased by 65%. So keep that in mind. Oh, where are we going to get to now? Oh, here we go. This is a good one. Now... The left often says that white people are the only people who own guns. Oh, yeah, only white people do, or conservatives, or whatever. Original gun control was talked about and passed in this country because they did not want freed blacks, who former slaves, to own weapons. So they started passing gun control laws to try and stop these people from owning guns. They didn't want the freed black slaves to own guns, especially in the South. This was something that happened that, and it's funny because the NRA's roots were found, a lot of the NRA's roots were founded in being able to teach minorities how to use weapons safely, how to handle them properly. And this is something where, they, again, the left labels the NRA as this big, white-only, male-dominated uh, field of endeavor. But you know what? The NRA was originally one of the first organizations to help people learn, minorities in particular, how to handle weapons, how to shoot, gave them the training that they needed to be able to come to become responsible gun owners. And it's funny now because the left will always tell you, oh, no, no, they don't want minorities. This is, the gun control is good for minorities. It's not. Minorities usually live in the poorest areas, usually with the highest crime, and they're usually the one that needs that, that need the guns the most to protect themselves and their property and their family. So don't let them tell you that gun control is some sort of racist white guy thing. You know, it actually is a way that they use to keep former slaves from owning guns by passing gun control laws, by passing things that would cause you to be hindered in your right to keep your Second Amendment rights uninfringed. And uninfringement, and not infringing on gun rights applies to everybody in this country. Anybody who's an upstanding citizen who's not a felon should be entitled to buy a gun of their choice. Not one deemed the proper gun by the state or local governments because so many of them now limit magazine capacities, whether you can have a threaded barrel on something or not, whether you can have a pistol grip on something. And all these are just cosmetic features. You know, the the uh, the bigger magazines are always great because you don't have to do as much re- re- reloading or you're on the range or outside shooting in your backyard if you happen to have several hundred acres there. If you have a place to shoot, a bigger magazine helps you reload less. And that's something that most people don't want to talk about. Because, you know, these guns are not any more dangerous because they have a pistol grip on them. They're not any more dangerous because they have a muzzle brake on them. It's just like putting racing stripes on a car and calling it a race car. It doesn't change the way the weapon functions. It doesn't change the way the car functions. You put stripes on it, it's not a racing car. It's a car with stripes on it. You put a muzzle brake on it, it's not an assault weapon. It's a gun with a muzzle brake on it. doesn't matter whether it's pistols or rifles. It doesn't do anything to 
make it more deadly. It will enhance performance to some extent as far as if you're a rifleman, you may adjust the blast away from where you're laying down or away from people who are near the weapon when it shoots. They're generally more helpful than anything else, but they have associated these with assault weapons only. Even though anything with a threaded barrel can be added to some sort of muzzle device. And certain ones are legal, perfectly legal. Other ones are not. And it's just arbitrary how they determine which are which. But keep in mind that, you know, gun control was started to stop freed slaves from having weapons. And they're going to start doing the same thing with features on weapons. Oh, because it's got a pistol grip, it's not deemed legal for you. They're going to pass gun control to keep citizens from having guns. Citizens who they think are going to be a threat to their power, a threat to their word of rule. And if they, if you let them do this, you let them take these guns away, you let them start with what they're calling you know, the most dangerous weapons, the assault, assault rifles, which actually are some of the least dangerous as far as number of deaths per year of any of the guns sold in the United States. Usually the numbers for pistols is thousand, not a thousand times, but probably several thousand higher than rifles. Last year, I think it was rifles had about 400 and something deaths attributed to them. Now, this is not just people in crime. This is accidental shootings. This is someone up in a deer stand who actually shoots themselves somehow, kills himself. That would be included in these numbers. So you got to look at all these numbers with a grain of salt because if somebody's doing this to themselves, they're they're running a huge, you know, they have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my train of thought there for a moment. But anyway, uh, let's get back on track. But don't think that minorities are going to be the ones who are going to be affected the most by gun control as far as in a negative way. Most minorities live in the worst neighborhoods. They need the protection more than anybody else. Don't let it bother you that, that, that they need this protection. The NRA has always stood up for people on both sides, all races, to protect gun rights. Don't let them get diminished by the people on the left saying that they're bad people. They're only conservatives have guns. Everybody who wants to should be able to have the right. Could you imagine if they pass a tax on voting? As they did in Cook County, they they revoked that tax on the guns. But imagine they passed a tax on voting. You had to pay a tax in order to vote. Could you imagine the uproar you'd get from that? Here you are exercising a constitutional right to purchase a weapon, and they're trying to tax it. And the funny thing is there's no constitutional right to vote. We've discussed that before, too. There's nothing that says you have the right to vote. Okay. Let's trigger some more leftists, shall we? That's always fun to do. Apparently, the latest slogan that causes the most triggering is, let's go, Brandon. Everybody knows that this is just code for <laughs> for a slur on Joe Biden. And apparently, it's one of the greatest things that the social media has ever done for humanity is let neutral, nonpartisan experts and journalists expose themselves through unforced statements. Which means basically, people say, let's go, Brandon, and everyone knows what they mean, but the news media is trying to call this some sort of serious insult to Joe Biden, even though his name is not even in this slogan, because of where it came from. It became right-wing code for profanity directed at the president, and it came from a crowd at a NASCAR race in Talladega, Alabama, where the crowd was chanting... um, 
forget Joe Biden. And the reporter said, oh, look, they're shouting, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> and this has just taken off. This thing has grown legs, has gone crazy. And some of these leftist idiots are sitting there getting all triggered by this every time they see it. In fact, there's a company in South Carolina called Palmetto State Armory. They have a 12,000-square-foot gun store in Columbia, South Carolina. And they have a lower receiver that's the Let's Go 15 stripped lower receiver. (laughs) So they're taking full advantage of this lower receiver thing. Let's go, Brandon. And believe it or not, some leftist was so triggered by this, he alerted the Secret Service as to this lower receiver's existence because he thought it was a direct threat to the president saying, let's go on a lower receiver. Oh, it's just, they have no bounds as to how how much they will do to try and affect people on the right. It's amazing how easily they're triggered, how easily they want to take other people's rights away when they get triggered. But this is obviously a jab at the president. I mean, you know, yeah, let's go. Okay, it doesn't even say Brandon on it, from what I can see. You know, it doesn't say let's go, Brandon. But they do have a magazine for sale that says let's go, Brandon, sticker on it. Oh, there we go. So if you want to trigger the left, get some Let's Go Brandon stuff, and let's put it out there everywhere. We all know what it means. We all know what it means, but you can't always say the other one. Like I say, I can't say the other one on the air. I can say, forget Joe Biden, and hopefully you know what I'm meaning. And that's how this started. They were chanting, for quote, forget Joe Biden, and the reporter said they were shouting, let's go, Brandon, and that has taken off. And the gun industry, PSA is a Palmetto State Army, is one of the ones that they tend to follow all the, the trends tremendously. They have, when Donald Trump was president, they had several receivers with his likeness on it, with things he said, with uh, 45s, things like that. And now they're going against Joe Biden because they know Joe Biden is against their industry. They know Joe Biden, if given the chance, would make everything gun-related illegal or more difficult to get or cost more. And they have to fight back against us, and this is one way to do it. They sell a bunch of lowers that say, let's go on them, and boom. You can put whosoever name you want on there in a a sticker. But it's not a threat to the president. I mean, you know, it's funny because they used to say F Trump all the time and wear the the pink hats to protest him. Well, now the shoe's on the other foot, and all of a sudden you're mad because it says, let's go, Brandon, on it. Well, you know what? You should have thought of that before you got out there and told everybody to say F Trump because, you know, the shoe's on the other foot now. We're going to see how this goes. This thing apparently has grown legs and become way more popular because apparently the conservatives have way more imagination than do the leftists. All they could come up with was F Trump. Now, during the 2012 election cycle, PSA made a lower receiver that had no bow, 12, on the receiver. And the selector switch, which goes from normally safe to fire, had hope and safe. (laughs) So hope and change on the safe receiver. So I go, that's pretty funny. Yeah, so they've constantly been in the spotlight for some of this stuff. But as long as, you know, it's funny when Robert De Niro can get up there and deliver a speech and say F. Trump as many times as he wants and nobody seems to care. Madonna can talk about blowing up the White House because Trump is there and nobody cares. But because they say let's go Brandon, everybody's going to get all worked up. Well, anyway, until next week when I'll be back with more gun stuff. 
This is America's Web Radio. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded. Let's go, Brandon. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.